Welcome into the Nonprofit Exchange Leadership Tools and Strategies. Hope that you had a wonderful 4th of July and thankful that you are joining us here for today's program. So excited to have a good friend and an amazing academic researcher with us, Josh Hook. Josh is an assistant professor at the University of North Texas there in the School of Psychology. He is an amazing researcher in the subjects of forgiveness, humility, and religion and spirituality. So we're excited to have him in with us. But before we get too far in our program, want to quickly go through some housekeeping issues. As always, I'm Todd Greer, the host of the Nonprofit Exchange. Want to remind you about a couple things, including our June issue of our magazine, Nonprofit Performance Magazine. The June issue, we focused on Giving for Impact. And you can see the work there, including our cover feature, Adam Grant, a business professor at the School, uh, the School of Business, the University of Pennsylvania. Want to remind you that you can always check out the magazine at Cinevision, S Y N E R V I S I O N leadership.org, and you just look for that magazine tab. As well, I want to invite you to join the community. If you've been looking around, you've been sniffing out what it looks like, this is an opportunity for social benefit leaders like you to be able to be in community with other leaders who get what they are going through. Whether you're talking about issues in developing your board of directors, asking questions about how you can best attract funds, thinking about how you can develop more leaders in your organization, or looking at engaging your members, this is an opportunity to ask questions, to participate in guided discussions, and to even sit in on mastermind sessions that will help you grow your leadership as you impact your organization. All right, all of that's there. Again, with us today, the amazing Josh Hook. Josh, thank you for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me. It's great to be here tonight. Absolutely. So, Josh, I, I touched a little bit on what you do and who you are. If you would go into just a little bit more of a framework for uh, your role there at the University of North Texas and maybe some pieces that you're currently doing research on. Yeah, definitely. So like, uh, like Todd said, I'm an assistant professor in the, in the Department of Psychology here, and my background is in counseling psychology. Uh, so I was trained as a therapist, and uh, I'm a licensed psychologist here uh, in the state of Texas. And, and yeah, I do research and I write about mainly topics related to positive psychology, so things like humility, forgiveness, um, and religion and spirituality. And, uh, and what we're going to be talking about today, I think, is, is mostly humility. And uh, with, with that, you know, a lot of my research focuses on what humility looks like in areas where it's difficult to practice. Uh, so things like uh, marriage relationships, um, relationships where there might be cultural differences, um, and also uh, relationships where there might be power differentials. So we see that a lot in organizations uh, when we when we look at relationships between a leader and and perhaps members of a team. Yeah, Josh, that's really interesting. But I've got to ask, why humility? I, why would anybody want to study humility? You know, you know that's a good question. And I think uh, you know some people maybe balk at the notion that humility is a good thing. Um, and I think, uh, and I think we do struggle with inc incorporating humility into into our personal lives. Um, and, and I think a lot of the the reason is that we like being right, and mm -hmm. we think we have a tendency to think that we've got it, uh, we've got it down, 
um, we're right, we have a tendency to minimize our limitations, uh, and, um, and that can really be a problem, uh, both in our personal lives and in our broader social and, uh, and relationships in our social communities. So, so I, th I think it's important. Yeah, and, and we talk about this sense of humility, and I think a lot of times the term gets thrown around, and folks, you have to understand, I'm going to be playing this role here, but uh, humility is, is a key and core component for, for my own work, um, it, and actually my dissertation focused on humility. So uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw it out to the expert, though. Josh has actually published more extensively on the subject in a wider variety of places than I have. So Josh, I'm gonna, you're going to be my, my little voodoo doll, and I'm going to poke you here, and let's see what happens. What is humility? I hear a lot of people toss that term around, and for a long time we didn't really talk about it, but, but it's coming back. Josh, what is humility? Yeah, so I think, um, you know, some of, the, some of the reason why I think humility hasn't been necessarily popular is people think of it as maybe just a deference or kind of taking a lowly position or thinking about yourself um, as, as maybe bad or, or lowly or something like that. But really psychologists think of humility in, I think, a more positive way uh, and really use two main components when we think about humility. One is a more intrapersonal component, and that has to do with an accurate view of the self. Uh, both an awareness of your limitations um, as well as an, an accurate awareness of your strengths. So not thinking of yourself too highly, but also not thinking of yourself too lowly. Um, and then uh, also, I believe there's an interpersonal or a social component to, to humility. And, and that involves being more other-oriented rather than just focused on yourself and what you need uh, and want, but being focused on the other person who you might be in relationship with. Yeah, so let's take these two components because I, I think they really start to lay something out for us. Uh, when we're talking about that intrapersonal, we're talking about what is our role as a leader and how does that begin to play out for us? Because I think a lot of times uh, we're, we're taught not so much um, by people, but, but by the standards that we see that leaders have to be in control and leaders have to think that they've got it all together, so to speak. How does humility then play the role if we're thinking about it from an intra-personal level? Yeah, definitely. And I, and I think that's, uh, I, I'm glad you said that because I think it's a common thing for leaders in, in whatever, in organizations or in religious communities uh, where we think we have to have it right. We have to have all the answers. We have to present this completely confident self. Uh, and uh, a lot of times that's not accurate. So if we if we feel uh, kind of our limitations or struggles coming on, we want to hide those and put those down and present just this this front. Uh, it's almost like an act. Yeah. Um, and but I think what people don't realize is that really hurts our ability to connect with those individuals who we might have influence over. Uh, so I think even though it might be a little counterintuitive, uh, I think it really helps if leaders. Uh, can be more open uh, with themselves and with others about their faults, about their struggles, about the areas in their lives where they might not have it all together. Um, I think leaders might find that it helps them connect with the people who, uh, who look to them for advice uh, in a more real way. Yeah, I, I think that's one of the really intriguing pieces here is we, start out, we started out talking intrapersonal, but obviously our intrapersonal orientation and how we kind of deal with things internally ultimately impacts that 
you, you use the term other oriented nature uh, is the second component, but it, it impacts that relational perspective. And so leaders, it's, it's what is inside and how do I kind of cope and understand all this? But then that, that certainly is going to take us outwardly. So Josh, if you would, I, you, I, you talked about uh, one of the research areas that you've looked at is, is power differences. And certainly most anybody who's ever been in an organization has probably felt either on the high side or the low side here in a power differential. They've either been over somebody, if you think about the organizational chart, or under somebody. Yeah. How do we understand that that humility piece in that type of an environment? Yeah, so um, I, th I think it's an environment um, in terms of a power differential that strains humility because when you have a situation where you have a person who's in charge or leading uh, someone else or leading a team, uh, it's almost like their opinion or their point of view counts more it, it, ha it has more power than the other people. And so um, it's, it's easy sometimes for a leader to, to kind of go with, with what they think and just make that happen without being open or, or getting feedback from what other people think. So um, I, th I think that's a situation where it's, it might be even especially important mm. for the leader to incorporate the feedback from others, be aware of their own limitations, uh, be teachable, uh, be have a stance that appreciates the strengths of others um, in, in terms of the team members because it's easy I think for a leader if they're not careful to just kind of bulldoze over their team and push forward their agenda and then this can cause some problems both relationally with the members of the team but also just in terms of performance mm -hmm. um, if, uh, if, if you're only really working from one perspective a lot of times you may not uh, you may not get feedback about perhaps the drawbacks of a particular point of view or a particular uh, way that you want your company or organization to go that might be really important for you in terms of moving forward. Uh, so it, you know, it reminds me of some of the old research on group think where people are in a group and everyone's kind of thinking the same way and especially when there was a leader, a strong leader who thought a particular way. Uh, it wasn't easy to get feedback from the group that counteracted uh, his, his or her position. Um, but it was really important to get to get that other feedback and those other voices, and I think uh, it can really contribute to a better working team if that is able to happen. Yeah, that's a really important point when we think about um, how we frame and how we structure things. Uh, Jim Collins is one of the ones who, in the business uh, environment who has really helped to bring humility into the the positive light as opposed to where it had been in the the dredges for so long and Collins kind of coined the term the, the level five leaders he talked about what a level five leader is one of the core components was the idea of humility and in, in, in what is it about that you talked about from the relational level and you talked about the negative here in the group think piece if you could kind of paint the picture for what you see as that leader exemplifying humility then and what kinds of core things might they do Josh yeah, so, so it's interesting you mentioned Collins in his, in his book, Good to Great. He talks about that level uh, five leader, and really it, it was kind of an interesting finding or perhaps a counterintuitive finding at the time that the leaders of these highly successful companies, they, uh, they exhibited a great drive and intensity um, in terms of uh, pushing forward uh, their company, and so that was expected, right? So we expect CEOs to be very driven, to be very high-achieving, uh, but then he also found that that was coupled with humility and the, in these leaders. And so um, part of our, th our thinking around uh, why he found that was that um, 
when you have a very driven, intense, high-achieving leader, sometimes that can cause some wear and tear on the relationships um, in, among the people who are in the organization. And so we call it almost we call it something called social oil. So we wonder if humility actually can kind of be an oil to help uh, help with that wear and tear that comes with a high-achieving or intense leader. Um, but yeah, really, when I when I think of a leader who's exhibiting humility. Um, I think of someone who is aware of their limitations, someone who um, is open to feedback from others, someone who encourages feedback, both positive and negative, from the people who they work with. Um, also someone who really goes out of their way to appreciate the strengths and talents of the people in the organization, um, who looks to, looks to those people and, and really tries to encourage them in, in what they're doing. Uh, also someone who's teachable someone who's willing to incorporate feedback from others into their own lives, both the positive uh, and the negative. So th those are some of the attributes that I think that really, at least research has shown, um, kind of comes with this humble leader. And that's such an interesting thing because, again, if we step back for just a moment and kind of go into history, we, we see it was really with the humanist uh, philosopher that the idea of, humility really started to go down and, and Nietzsche and others really looked at humility as less the virtue that it had been thought of and more as a vice in the sense of of something that cripples or uh, inhibits people from being able to succeed and yet here we are we're coming back around in the social psychology and social science and organizational behavior literature and we're starting to see these changes and I think it's important for us to understand there's a difference between uh, the concept of meekness, maybe that we sometimes think of, or oh, I, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lay back, I'm gonna hide that, um, and being humble. Um, one of the pieces too, that intrapersonal piece that Josh was referring to is you kind of know where you stand, and so you don't have to focus on yourself at all times. And, and I think that that allows us to be, again, more other-oriented, Josh, as you put it, uh, for us to be able to look at that. You think about a leader, whether you're in a, a capacity as an executive director, a board member, uh, if you're a church pastor or a leader in a number of other facets in an organization, if you are able to move the focus from self to others, what that does to your teams, to your members, to your congregants, to whatever that organizational membership might look like, you start to see that transition of change there. So we're kind of laying out the, the what in the sense that, that people can understand that there are some really positive benefits mm -hmm. to engaging humility. But Josh, I think one of the questions always that, that will follow is once I know that it's important, how do I go about doing it? Yeah, yeah, that's a good that's a good question. It's it's easy to know what it is, but uh, harder to maybe implement it in your life. Um, so a couple just thoughts. Uh, one is I think there's a there's almost like a paradigm shift that has to occur where people need to be more okay with. Uh, having both sides of themselves presented, both mm -hmm. the strengths and the weaknesses. Um, so I, and I think I mentioned this a little bit before, but I think a lot of times our tendency is to hide uh, the parts of ourselves that maybe we're not proud of or our, our, our faults or our failings, uh, whereas I really think that it's 
it's almost more powerful to present both and be vulnerable about our true selves, both the positives and the negatives. Uh, you know, when I think of speakers or authors that I connect with the most, um, it's it's the ones that share themselves vulnerably, both their their positives and their negatives. Because that's that's my experience. That's my life. Um, I struggle. I uh, have difficulties and problems, um, and I th and I think that's our reality. So I think part of it is is being more okay with presenting that. Um, you know, I think also in terms of understanding and being okay with your strengths, weaknesses, and limitations, uh, sometimes we don't know, necessarily know that about ourselves. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think it's important to get feedback and honest feedback from others. You know, I remember um, I, I attended this uh, personal growth weekend once, and part of the homework getting ready for the weekend was I had to ask three family members or friends closest to me to tell me the things that they appreciated about me the most and also to tell me the things that they struggled with in relationship with me. Uh, and that was really eye-opening. Some of those things I hadn't, I wasn't really aware of just because we don't really do that in our everyday lives, ask for honest feedback about our faults. Mostly I think because we're scared to see what people might say. But, but if we really are committed to that, I think that those kinds of things are what we need to be doing on a regular basis. Um, also, in more of a more of an organizational or social uh, thing, I think we need to set norms and standards that it's just a common thing that we incorporate feedback from others, irrespective of whether they're uh, in charge or you know at any any part of the hierarchy in our organization. Uh, that we have um, norms that it's it's okay to say uh, opinions, it's okay to give feedback, it's okay to disagree, um, it's okay to point out. Uh, limitations in a point of view or a, or a particular direction that we're going as a company or organization and also to uh, to actively um, actively ask for that uh, you know I think sometimes we're so focused in a direction or maybe we've 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 worked out that this is really the right way before we've asked for feedback and asked for, for the opposite opinion or or an alternative point of view um, so I think to really incorporate that into the structure of an organization that that's normal uh, this is something we uh, we value and um, and we want rather than trying to shut that um, maybe minority voice down it's a great point I, and I love these three here so I'm gonna repeat them back folks if you're like me and I try to take notes anytime I have the opportunity to be with one of these experts uh, Josh presented kind of the idea of if we're seeking to engage and become uh, more humility focused in our, our own living and our own lifestyle, uh, we need to think about vulnerability and, and a willingness to display both our strengths and weaknesses. We talked about the importance of getting feedback with that idea of maybe seeking three uh, people that, that are, are close to you, that see you in a number of environments and seek both the, the, the strengths as well as the things that you struggle with. And then from the organizational perspective, the importance of that norms, uh, standards, and values as you seek to make it known that it is okay to speak honestly as well, it's a norm for feedback to be provided or, or that almost that devil's advocate piece I think that we uh, oftentimes struggle with. So this is, this is a really important piece here for us and this is why we dig into these things. Obviously, we can talk about a number of different things but until we start engaging them, it becomes a little bit more of a challenge. Um, in the past, I've had on the program here, um, Josh's mentor, uh, Everett Worthington, and I've also had Mark Fernandez 
who is the uh, CLO, the Chief Leadership Officer at Luck Companies. Um, Ev talks about forgiveness, and you can kind of see uh, as we went through that program with Ev, the importance of setting the value uh, of forgiveness in place. When we talked with Mark, it was the importance of, of setting and making sure that we become values-based organizations. And that means moving things from, a, you know, our values are on the wall to our values are in practice. Mm. So we start thinking about this and, and Josh, how, how do you go about, we, we say we, we set the norms and standards, how do you go about really setting and uh, making them concrete? Do you see in organizations or in in any kind of relationship? Yeah. So uh, you're right. It's difficult to make uh, a norm or to, to have something be incorporated in an organization, especially if the isn't necessarily that way to be. Um, but I think really, you know, one thing, one thing about that came to mind is leaders have a lot of power in setting norms for their particular organization. Uh, you know, a phrase that I, that I use a lot is, you know, speed of the leader, speed of the team. So I think as leaders, we set the tone. So, you know, for example, if we, um, if we want to make this a norm, I think we do, we start doing it ourselves. We start in our relationships asking for feedback. We, you know, if we're in a meeting, we say, okay, you know, this seems like the direction that a lot of people are, uh, are, are thinking is the right way, but what are we missing here? What's the opposite? Are there any drawbacks that we're not seeing? Um, you know, sometimes even having people think and write about both sides of the situation on their own before coming into the group and discussing, that can sometimes help. Um, you know, trying to think about, you know, who maybe who hasn't been talking as much in this meeting uh, and, tr and trying to seek out their feedback uh, explicitly. You know, like, what do, what do you think about this? It sounds like I'm uh, wondering if you have any thoughts or any counterpoints to this. Um, so I think, you know, doing it yourself hopefully will, uh, tr will try to, you know, maybe filter out throughout the organization. You know, there's a, I, it came to mind some research by uh, a friend of mine named Brad Owens, who's mm -hmm. a psychologist, um, and teaches ethics out at uh, Brigham Young University, and he has done some research on something that he calls humility contagion. Mm -hmm. and it's this idea that if the leader is more humble, um, that creates or can lead to a more humble organization. And so he's done some research on this that actually sh uh, supports this idea that more humble leaders uh, led to their teams actually expressing more collective humility as a group, which in turn led to um, better team performance and, and other positive outcomes. Uh, so I think there's a lot of power in the place of the leader to incorporate this as a norm into one's organization. Yeah, and I, one of the things I always, I love the speed of the leader, speed of the team, leaders go first, those kinds of mantras. One of the things I always talk about when we're talking about values is we value what we celebrate. Hmm. So if, if, if humility uh, or any other value is important in your organization, you've got to celebrate it. So when, when somebody else shows humility, we celebrate it. And, and now with humility, we may not think like, oh, hey, let's go give them a ribbon mm -hmm. for being humble. Uh, you know, people always joke about that idea. But we can celebrate when humility is exemplified, when it's shown whether we're within a team uh, by other leaders in our organization. I think that's something that's a really important piece. And again, uh, you also value what you measure. Mm -hmm. So if we're measuring those things, if, if things like humility become part of our ongoing performance evaluations, if they become part of our, our culture fit pieces, 
when we're hiring, uh, those are ways that we really begin to allow uh, humility to, to really come into the organization. So I think this is a really key piece, Josh, you're, you're hitting on for us and bringing to light. And of course, uh, Bradley Owens is a, a fantastic researcher, uh, probably in, in our generation, one of the ones that's going the furthest with humility here in a recent level from the organizational perspective. And I know uh, Josh and, and Don Davis and a handful of others have done a lot with the sense of, of cultural humility. Um, and, and you guys have do, done work on a number of other areas. So this is a really important piece for us. Uh, now, now let's kind of step a little bit into you, Josh, you're, you're at the University of North Texas. What else can we do if we want to learn a little bit more about you, if we want to see more from you or hear more from you, how do we, how do we engage with you? Yeah, definitely. So a couple of ways. Um, one is I have a website and blog that I blog regularly about issues related to um, psychology and uh, personal growth, uh, religion and spirituality. So that's, that's one place. Uh, and my website is uh, www.joshuanhook.com. Uh, so that's one way. You can also follow me on Twitter, at uh, Josh Hook. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, so those are a couple ways to interface with me just on a regular basis. Um, and obviously, you know, if, if, you, if anyone wants um, some articles or, or things like that in some of my research, uh, you can find that um, by emailing me or, or looking that up as well. Yeah, absolutely. And you will find a bevy of research. Uh, Josh may look really young, but the man is a prolific uh, researcher and uh, comes from a, a fantastic research team. So really excited, folks, to, to see as things happen. Josh is one of those faces you're going to end up seeing a whole lot more of because of the work that he's doing and the impact that it has on society, the, the, the work that they've done in relationships is phenomenal and I, I think that there's a lot more that's going to continue to happen so make sure you you get in there you subscribe to to check out josh's work and his blog uh find him on twitter as he mentioned and really take a look if you are a researcher or you're somebody that enjoys engaging in a little bit deeper of, of reading besides just kind of the popular press books you'll find a lot of insight gathered from readings through some of Josh's his research. So Josh, thank you so much for joining us. This is, uh, this is deeply important and uh, you've done a great job kind of helping us understand what humility is, why we need to live it, and how do we actually make this happen in our everyday lives, especially in our organization. So thank you for joining us. Thank you for your insight. And we look forward to uh, hearing more from you in the future. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. It's been great uh, chatting with about you with, on, on humility. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And again, reminder, uh, our, our June issue focus, Giving for Impact. You can check out the magazine. Just a quick insight. September's issue is all about how do we embrace our whole community. So we'll have more on that issue as we get closer in time. But want to say thank you again for joining us. I'm Todd Greer, Executive Director of Center Vision Leadership Foundation and host of the Nonprofit Exchange. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.